go home. Go home. Go home. Alright guys, and welcome to episode 23 of the Go Home Show. I'm Eric Bedour, and I'm all by myself. Uh, Brian couldn't be here to record the podcast. He had a little bit of an emergency, but uh, hopefully everything's okay. But uh, we didn't want to miss another episode. We didn't want to miss an episode. We didn't have anything in the bank. So I thought I'd try to do this myself, which uh, I don't have total confidence in, but we're going to see how it goes. Uh, so if you feel like bearing with me for hopefully about 45 minutes to an hour, I'm going to see how I can do this podcast myself. It's going to be really hard without Brian. I don't know how I can do this without Brian. Uh, but if you want to duck out and go, hmm, maybe episode 23 isn't for me. Hey, guess what? I'm not going to be upset about that. I wouldn't want to listen to me for an hour either. Uh, so I totally get it. Uh, here's the thing. I put out the call earlier. Uh, I was on our Twitter at go home show. Uh, just said, hey guys, not really sure what I'm going to do. What are some talking points? What do you guys want to hear about? Email us. Wow. You guys really, 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 really came through. I'm super impressed with uh, everyone who sent us some stuff in, uh, wanted to hear some different thoughts. Uh, they had their own thoughts every week, or uh, about this last week, about what happened at uh, with wrestling and everything. Some people sent in some uh, reviews from some shows which I'll get to when I actually review the shows. Uh, again, we're only reviewing NXT and Raw now. We dropped SmackDown unless anything cool happened on SmackDown, which uh, uh, Dean Ambrose took on Cesaro this last week. So if you haven't watched that, that happened on SmackDown, and I thought it was pretty good. Some of the camera work was a little weird, but uh, I think that's just kind of the WWE norm at this point uh, more than anything. Uh, but we're going to get right into uh, right into some stuff after we say thank you to everyone who came out to Comic-Con. Uh, if you guys came out to Comic-Con, you said, hey, uh, you stopped by the Mega64 booth, you picked up some cool new Mega64 merch, uh, thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Comic-Con's kind of a funny time, kind of a funny convention for us, because it's the hometown thing, but it's not very big for us particularly. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really do very well at Comic-Con. I think Comic-Con's more of like getting the word out and being a part of something really big. Uh, Comic-Con's never really been my favorite convention, just because there's no focus uh, you have, and we've talked about this before, but you, you have in one aisle, it's a guy selling Lucha Libre masks, a guy selling comic books, uh, and a girl who is in Playboy signing autographs. Uh, like, there's just no, there's no focus, so, uh, I don't know, it's really strange. But, if you guys, uh, came out and said, hey, to the Mega64 booth, thank you very much. I saw there were a lot of pictures, a lot of video, uh, we had a panel where we shoot, where we showed a new Mega64 Dragon Ball Z mashup team-up thing. Uh, so you guys can check that out at youtube.com slash mega64, uh, if you haven't seen that yet. But, uh, I guess I'm just gonna jump in to a couple of these questions, then I'll go review some shows, stuff like that. Uh, this is from Benjamin S. He said, I think WWE is doing exceptionally well right now. The wrestling is probably some of the best wrestling we've seen in years. The roster has so much depth. Everybody in Raw has a storyline, and NXT is incredible. We even have a serious Divas feud that doesn't involve Santino or Kali. While, yes, some superstars could definitely have something better going for them, it's a really good product. All that being said, Kenta has just been signed. Where does Kenta fit into the current product? I really hope the powers that be don't put him into a cheap samurai role when he's uh, pulled to the main roster. Again, that's from uh, Ben S. Ben, that's a really good question. I honestly have not been this baffled at a signing in a really long time. Kenta is a great wrestler. If you guys have never seen anything he's done, it's really, really cool. Go check out all the stuff on YouTube. It's super easy to find anything he's done that's worth noting. Um, I, I honestly have no idea where he fits. I really don't. Uh, Japanese wrestling is very, like, the strong style. It's all about hitting hard and, and making a big impact, and, and it's not so much about the promo and the story. It's a lot more of the competition. WWE doesn't really thrive on that. So you assume that a guy who doesn't speak English that well gets put with a manager and then gets moved to the main roster, you know, after time in NXT. He'll be in NXT, which is really crazy. And then he'll move up to the main roster. But I have I really have no idea. Is that a main event guy, a guy who can't talk? I don't I really don't know. Uh that that's what people's dig on Cesaro and, and Daniel Bryan were, but uh those guys can talk because English 
is a language they speak, like, fluently, rather fluently. You know, I've seen Kenta cut some stuff in English, and it's okay, but I don't think he's going to be talking circles around anyone. Uh, I really, really, really don't know where he's going to fit in. Uh, I feel the same way about uh, Prince Devitt, or Farul Devitt. WWE just announced that they signed him as well. I don't know where he fits. Uh, he can cut a promo, and he's a he has a great look for like a babyface guy. And then you've seen him also be a heel with uh, Bullet Club in New Japan. So you know that he can play both sides. But New Japan's really interesting because I feel like they were doing a lot of stuff that Japanese wrestling isn't familiar with. Bullet Club, if you're not familiar, is a bunch of foreigners in New Japan, kind of like running roughshod over everyone, winning all these titles and cheating. And the crowd hates them. Everybody hates them because Japanese wrestling hasn't really seen, like, NWO DX-type characters uh, in a really long time, if really at all to, like, the extent that Bullet Club's doing what they're doing. It's a lot of outside interference. It's a lot of just bad guy foreigners, and it's really different. And so that's that's the drive, that's the pull for Bullet Club in New Japan and why Prince Devitt really worked there. I don't know what he's going to do in WWE. I hope he comes in and he makes, like, a really big impact. I could see him making a really big impact uh, in NXT and then kind of being lost in the shuffle on Raw. You know what I mean? He's just one of those guys that I feel like, like the joke on the internet's been, oh yeah, he's an Irish guy, so you're just going to put him in, like, oh, he's Sheamus' cousin, and they're going to fight, and they're going to be a tag team. Okay, Uh, like, uh, he's just an Irish guy, and I hope that they don't make that the gimmick. And I really feel like they will because they're not above it because Becky Lynch just had that gimmick. So, I don't know. NXT is really looking like uh, like a really indie all-star battleground, huh? Uh, the rumor is Kevin Steen just wrapped up all of his dates. He just finished up at PWG 11, their 11th year anniversary, which was apparently an incredible show where uh, Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan, uh, world's cutest tag team, beat the Young Bucks for the tag titles, and Candice looked fucked up. If you guys haven't seen the pictures of uh, the end of PWG 11, I really, really suggest that you look them up unless you're squeamish, then I suggest you do not go anywhere near them. Holy shit. Uh, I had a friend, a coworker who just went to PWG 11. He came back and he's like, yeah, I took a picture of the ring. The Young Bucks had like Nike Air, like Nike Dunks that they put like thumbtacks and stuff in the bottom of, like they were cleats and apparently just fucking like kicked the shit out of her. And she's just bloody, 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 bloody. But he showed me this picture of the ring, and it's just thumbtacks, gummy bears, like chairs. It's fucking crazy. It's nuts. So uh, look that up. But again, Kevin Steen, looks like he wrapped up all of his dates, and uh, we don't talk about dirt sheets here a lot, but on the dirt sheets, they're saying, sign to WWE. I don't even know what is going to happen. That guy can make it happen for himself. Honestly, of all the new signings, like we're going to say those three new signings, if uh, Steen actually did sign, I have the most confidence in Kevin Steen. Even though he doesn't have the look, he has so much of that charisma. Yeah, but then again, his so much of his charisma is based on that kind of crowd interaction, and you don't really see that in the WWE anymore. I think they kind of, like, frown upon that, uh, that crowd interaction. So, you know what? I really don't know. I really have no idea what anyone's going to be doing uh, in NXT over the next uh, month. Two months? Three months? I mean, mean, where does it go? You know what I mean? So, I guess we'll see. Uh, Let's go to the next email. Teresa G. says, Huge fan of the show. Love your work. You're one of my all-time favorite podcasts, period. Well, thank you very much. Couple of questions, most of which aren't really about WWE, so we'll uh, feel free to skip them if you don't have any opinions. Do you watch or would you be interested in reviewing other promotions such as Ring of Honor, New Japan, and Chikara? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I think what you're going to get here is mostly PWG-based stuff, some ROH a little bit, some New Japan, Chikara when something really wacky happens or when you see like a little highlight or whatever. That's what we, what we really like. But uh, PWG is kind of our – me and Brian have a soft spot for that. Uh, we used to go to those shows a lot. So, yeah, we'll probably review more. Now that we dropped uh, SmackDown, we'll have more time for stuff like this where we can review uh, other shows. I definitely want to start getting into uh, talking about PWG – on more of an in-depth basis, because damn, PWG has been putting out awesome shows. You can't say enough good stuff about those guys. And man, they're so they're so cool. They just do what they want, and they've made it big. Like they made it big for them. 
good for them. I'm really, really proud of PWG. So yeah, we do have interest in that. Uh, maybe you'll hear us talk about more New Japan too, because uh, I think New Japan is really, really cool right now, uh, and it has honestly been for about a year. Uh, question number two: What are your thoughts on Spike not renewing TNA's TV contract? I have no idea what is going to happen to TNA. Are they done? Does this not feel like uh, like years and years ago, where it's like, oh well, I mean, this contract's up as Fox Sports, and then well, they might go to the weekly pay per view thing. Do you remember that? Do you remember when TNA was Wednesday? It was a Wednesday pay per view, and it was like ten dollars. That's really what TNA used to be before they had a TV deal. It was a pay-per-view. And uh, I don't know that that model works anymore. Uh, do they try to go to an on-demand thing online? Uh, but then you lose a lot of revenue that way because TV is where most of your revenue comes from. Either way, what it looks like that happened, if people aren't familiar, I guess, uh, TNA said, hey, guys, hey, uh, Spike TV, we're not working with Vince Russo anymore. And Spike TV said, good, we don't like Vince Russo. And then... Vince Russo accidentally emailed uh, someone at Spike, uh, apparently, and uh, let them know that he is working for TNA. And then Spike TV went, oh, no, thank you, and then they cut the contract. I'm kind of bummed about it. I mean, it's not like I watch TNA on a weekly basis or anything, but anything that takes wrestling's relevancy out of the public eye, I'm not for. Really against that. So uh, I know they're not crazy, like, huge or anything, but I think there's still a lot of talent there. Um, I feel really bad for, like, guys like Derek Bateman or Ethan Carter III who were, like, really making something happen. Or someone like Austin Aries, but I feel like Austin Aries can go anywhere. The same for Samoa Joe. Those guys are going to be able to go anywhere and do whatever, like, on the indies and go to go to Japan and... I don't know. This opens up a lot for a big indie revival, which I think we're kind of in the middle of right now anyway, so... Uh, Sorry, TNA. I guess your loss is everyone else's gain on the independence because that's what it looks like it's going to be. Uh, third question. If you were a pro wrestler, what would your dream gimmick be? I'd want to be a robot. Oh, thank you. Teresa, or I guess Teddy, uh, wants to be a robot. Uh, I don't know. I would want to just be a manager. I don't think I'm cut out f- to be a professional wrestler. Uh, I could talk, but I don't want to get hit. I've taken bumps. It sucks. It hurts a lot, like a lot, a lot. And my first thought when I took a bump was, oh, when you have a bad match and when you have a good match, it hurts the same. It doesn't hurt less when you have a bad match. So uh, my gimmick would be guy who doesn't like to get tossed around, which is uh, pretty much my life gimmick anyway. Uh, that's how I live my day-to-day life is don't please don't throw me. Uh, let's see. How about, <laughs> how about we take this email from... Nathan, and then we'll move into uh, some show reviews, I I suppose. Oh, no, you know what? I have another email. I, I do want to get to Hood Slam. We'll talk about Hood Slam here in just a second. Uh, Nathan has a lot to say about um, Raw, the go-home show, how he's been watching for uh, just two months. He's a two-month viewer of professional wrestling. Uh, he just has a couple of questions and comments. I understand why, why longtime fans seem to hate Cena. He is a bit of a generic dude, and it must be frustrating to see him constantly on top. However, I thought his promo on Monday was excellent, and it really made me realize why he's the biggest superstar in the program right now. The way he played off of Heyman was great, and I thought there was some genuine emotion behind his speech. Really enjoyed that. The subsequent match with Cesaro was also some of the best wrestling I've seen from either of them uh, since I started watching. Watching. You are right. That's a very, very good point. Uh... But that's the rare John Cena. John Cena that you don't see that often is that. Uh, John Cena that you don't see that often is a guy who has a lot of emotion and the guy who's going to go beat someone up for a reason. A lot of the times he just goes, hustle, loyalty, respect. And you go, okay, but you lost. And he goes, ah, better luck next time. And he's always on top. So it's just kind of a bummer. Um, Keep watching. I'm really glad that you got into wrestling. Even though you've only been in for two months, man, stay strong. Uh, I'll read more of your email as we get into Raw and everything because I don't want to kind of uh, reveal what happened if people haven't watched and they're waiting for that. Uh, Let's go into this Hood Slam review. Uh, Michael A. sent this in. Hey, guys, went to my first indie show yesterday, which was Hood Slam in Oakland. If you guys haven't looked up Hood Slam, definitely go look up Hood Slam. This is super weird. Overall, it was incredibly entertaining. I can't wait to go back again. I thought I would give you guys some of the highlights because some of the stuff I saw was honestly completely ridiculous. First match was Serial Man versus Prawn Cena. 
Cereal Man was a giant cereal box for a head, which opened up and dispensed tiny cereal boxes to people in the audience. <laughs> Prawn Cena is probably what you imagine, a guy wearing a crab suit, lobster, whatever suit, and a John Cena hat and shirt. Notable spot was a test of strength where Prawn Cena's pinchers were too much for Cereal Man's human hands. Cereal Man ended up with a victory. Wow, Prawn Cena lost. Dude, LOL, Cena wins. Doesn't work there, Prawn Cena. Uh, Second match, Nightcrawler and Big Papa Smurf, Jesus Christ, versus Fred Flintstoner and Scorpion dressed as Quail Man. Scorpion was trying to keep it on the down low that he was disguised as Quail Man, but the announcers were not fooled. This match was a lot of fun. Nightcrawler was very acrobatic and hit some cool spots on the stronger dudes. Scorpion used to use the get over here and finish came when Fred Flintstoner hit a senton off the second rope. What the fuck? Guys, go look up Hood Slam. Third match was Virgil versus a guy from Night at the Roxbury. Not much to say about this. Virgil was a pretty small guy who flew all over the place, hit a moonsault into a DDT that looked great. Night at the Roxbury one guy. Not guy one. Night at the Roxbury. What a fucking dated reference. Fourth match was Bat... Fourth match, Batmanuel had just cut a promo which caused the Riddler, Poison Ivy, and a female Joker to come out. This prompted Spider-Man, The Tick, and Arthur to challenge them. This match was really off the rails, but it was hilarious. Spider-Man hit a tarantula. Joker hit a hand buzzer on Spider-Man. Poison Ivy seduced all the men. The Tick Irish whipped the entire team one by one into the ropes, but didn't clothesline them. He just held held out his arm, and they ran into it. Arthur hit a crossbody off the top rope to win. What the fuck? (laughs) There have to be copyright infringements here. Um... I'm just going to real quick read off the next two, next three matches and then go into the main. Fifth match was Link, the hero of Hyrule versus El Chupacabra. Wow. Sixth match was Ryu versus uh, the other guy from Night at the Roxbury. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, man, that's so funny. Uh, The seventh match was uh, Juiced Lee and Drugs Bunny versus Obese Something Gamer. Not sure I missed this match. The main event was Brian Kendrick versus James C. This match was great, and overall, it was the best work of the night. The pace of the match was awesome with lots of exciting spots. James C had most of the offense to start the match, but after that, it was all Brian Kendrick. Kendrick hit a move, uh, hit move after a big move. And James kept it going pretty well. Kendrick hit a splash off the top rope with a giant stuffed horse, which I think is the mascot of Hood Slam or something. Anyways, it was pretty funny. Kendrick ended up taking the match after a bunch of near falls. Wow. Michael A., if you go again, please send us a report. That's crazy. What the hell happened? Cool. One more. Actually, you know what? I want to talk about the indies for a second. If you guys have an independent wrestling thing, which there's a lot of around you, I guarantee if you're anywhere in America, you can look and you'll have to dig, but you can look and find something within probably an hour, hour and a half's drive that's going to run every couple of months. You should go. Get some friends, get trashed in the parking lot, and just go. It's honestly a lot of fun. Uh, Super Awesome Showdown is something that we do in San Diego that hopefully you guys can come out to sometime if you're in San Diego or running a show, stuff like that. Uh, It's just, it's weird indie wrestling with a superhero bend. It's a lot of music, a lot of lights, a lot of crazy wackiness that, you know what, maybe isn't necessarily my favorite thing in the world when it comes to wrestling, but even if I wasn't announcing the show, I would go to it because it seems like a lot of fun and it seems like people are really putting some effort into something. You can go to some indie shows, and you can really tell when people are really phoning it in and just going, yeah, whatever, book uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and we'll just put him against some other kid, and we'll be fine. That's a lot of East Coast stuff, and uh, luckily we don't get a lot of that on the West Coast. We just get like a lot of Lucha Libre guys. Uh, But go out. Go see an indie show. Have a good time. It's a lot of fun. And that's going to bring me to my next email from Jerry, which is a house show report. Jerry sent this in just a few days ago. Jerry went to a house show in Oklahoma. Hi, guys. Jerry from Oklahoma here. After you guys uh, have been vocal about wanting to hear house show reports, I thought I'd show. I thought I'd give you mine from a show in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went with my dad, who hasn't watched a lick of wrestling since he was very young, referencing names like Danny Hodge, Haystacks Calhoun, and the Assassins. Holy fucking shit. Your dad used to watch wrestling. 
God damn. Haystacks Calhoun. God damn it. And my 79-year-old grandma, who's totally crazy for Roman Reigns. That's awesome. Guys, please go to WWE when it comes to your town. It's so much fun. Let's see. Uh, Jerry goes back into this email. Starts with Justin Roberts coming out, and he tells the crowd that John Cena isn't going to be here. Mixed reaction. Then Flair's music plays, and he comes out to a ton of woos, and he's announced for the special guest referee in the main event of Orton versus Reigns. That's fucking cool. That's the kind of stuff that you get when you go to house shows. Weird off-the-wall things and some matches that they've been teasing on TV, but they haven't done yet. Like this first match. Rollins versus Ambrose. Lots of booze and negativity towards Rollins. Probably the second loudest negativity of the night. And everyone ate up Ambrose's antics. Rollins goes to undo the turnbuckle pad. The ref goes to put it back on. Then Rollins tries to hit Ambrose with the briefcase and the ref isn't looking. Misses. Then hits then hits when the ref is looking for a DQ. So, But that's the kind of stuff that you get at a house show is these matchups that you've been waiting for at pay-per-views and waiting and waiting and waiting. It finally happens. And then you get some undercards, or undercard stuff, like this. Bo Dallas against Zack Ryder. Bo Dallas came out to mostly cheers, talking about Bo leaving. Zack Ryder came out and got a lot of cheers. A pretty loud Let's Go Ryder chant happened. And then everyone stopped cheering for Bo and booed when he did anything to Ryder. Loudest I've heard for Ryder in a long time, running Bo Dog the streak lives. Uh, that's cool. Zack Ryder is still pretty over for a guy who isn't on TV uh, ever. So, think about it. Damian Sandow versus Sinkata. San- Sandow came out in what can be described as how people in Tulsa dress with a cowboy hat, a denim shirt, and short denim, I guess, bicycle shorts. Really silly looking. Everyone booed. Sinkara came out to a pretty good response. There was this little tiny boy with a big old Sinkara rules sign that was bigger than he was, and he was very happy to see him. That makes me so happy. Oh, that's like heartbreakingly cute. That's so nice. Some back and forth with Sinkara, getting a lot of oohs and ahs from his acrobatic spots. Picks up the one with a senton bomb, which I forgot was his, was his finishing move, right? I forgot that too. He's been in NXT a lot. Whatever. There was a loud guy who was hopefully drunk, or else he was just scum, yelling at the top of his lungs that Sandow should go back to the ladies' locker room, and he would yell that Sandow had female genitalia and would do this for most of the heels going forward. <laughs> you will inevitably and i think me and brian have talked about this inevitably run into a drunk guy that's in your section yelling weird shit it happens that's the way it is because wrestling is such like a redneck low rent type thing you get that lowest common denominator human being who comes out for the rodeo and the wrestling show uh do not be discouraged by this person just have a good time don't try to get into it with them whatever just have fun. Man, there have been times where they just keep going and going, and you just go, shut, fuck, shut up. But you can't let it get to you. You just have to go and have a good time. If they cross a line, hey, you know what you can do? Get security. You do not feel like a dick for doing it because they're drunk. Fuck them. Kids are trying to enjoy the show. That's all that matters. There you go. Sando gets on the mic and demands another opponent so he can win. Cue the great Kali. You know what happens here. Chop one, two, three. But the funny part is... That my dad, who watches nothing, who watches nothing of wrestling, knew about Kali, knew he was in movies from India, I guess, and knew that Great Kali used to be a police officer in India. What? Why does your dad know that? Jerry, come on. Page versus AJ. It was at this point that I noticed that all the heels come out first, which was kind of weird, because most of them only really got booed when the crowd knew what the ba- who the baby face who they were be facing. CM Punk chance. Why? It's not on TV. Is it safe to say that if you chant CM Punk during an AJ match that you are sexist? Yeah, yeah, let's say yes. Let's say that you're sexist if you do that. If CM Punk was ever watching, he would probably be super pissed that people were yelling his name when his wife was in the ring. So why the chant? I absolutely 100% agree. CM Punk probably gets fucking pissed when people chant his name at his wife. I would be pissed. Wouldn't you be pissed? The match starts with Paige offering to shake AJ's hand for a wa- for way too long. Page leads the match, just a lot of strikes at a slow pace, not very interesting. AJ does the Shining Wizard, which gets kicked out of, but then uh, being held across Page's shoulders, locks in the Black Widow, and Page taps out. Nice. Alberto Del Rio versus Dolph Ziggler. Del Rio came out to some cheers and some boos, then got booed steadily as Ziggler came out. Not the craziest I've seen the crowd go for Ziggler lately, but people were still into him. Pretty weird. They weren't that crazy considering all the signs and shirts I saw. 
Good chewing gum spit by Ziggler when he kicked out. Oh, when he got kicked in the head. Ziggler picks up the win with a super kick and a zigzag. Yay. There was a fan vote at the start of either match for a dance-off. Uh, with a, either a match or dance-off with Adam Rose and Justin Gabriel. Adam Rose got an okay response. The guy yelling about lady parts made an exception and yelled that stuff at babyface Adam Rose instead. (laughs) What a charming guy. (laughs) Gabriel came out to a positive response, then quickly spoke into the mic, saying that Tulsa sucks, and the only thing he hates more than Tulsans are are Adam Rose and his rosebud. People booed him. It was revealed that 51% said a dance-off, and then there was I'm too sexy for my shirt. Great. Who cares? Oh, Rusev and Swagger Chance. So I read about this because uh, Oklahoma is kind of uh, Swagger's hometown. He's from Prairie, Oklahoma. Uh, he wore an Oklahoma uni- Oklahoma University Sooner, Boomer Sooner jersey to the ring. There was a Boomer Sooner chant. Hell yeah. Everyone stood for the We the People, a million USA chants. The Swagger kept getting the Patriot lock on Rusev, uh, but Rusev kept slipping out. He caught a super kick on the floor, but Rusev eventually got out. And tried to run away. Swagger grabbed him and threw him into the back of the ring. Threw him back into the ring. Eventually, Swagger got put into the accolade. Swagger picked the ankle of Rusev. No, picked him up on piggyback. Everyone went insane, but dropped back into the mat and relented and tapped out. And the crowd booed. Oh, that's very sad. Uh, I'm very excited for that match, honestly. He also said there was a Ryback and uh, Rybaxel against Stardust and Goldust. That's a good match. And then the main event was Orton and Reigns, no DQ, with special guest referee Ric Flair. Uh, conversely to Jack Swagger, Roman Reigns looks uh, smaller in person. Orton held Reigns' hand through the whole match, Reigns occasionally getting a reversal and then slapping Orton a bunch until it got uh, reversed and Orton's back in the lead. Orton taunts the crowd a lot. They get out a table, which was broken, and then have to get another one, and Reigns gets put through it. Reigns motions for a Superland. Reigns motions for a Superman punch, but Rollins comes out with Dean Ambrose uh, already in tail, and Ambrose gives him the what for. Then Orton knocks down Ric Flair, stomps on him. Everyone boos. Then Superman punch. Flair does some chest chops on Orton, and Reigns spears Orton for the win. That's a great house show report. That's what we want to hear. That's the stuff we can cover. We want to talk about. We want to see what's going on with the house shows. House shows have been really cool. They've been a lot of fun. Uh, It's where they experiment with some stuff before the stuff actually happens on TV. So hopefully you guys have some house shows coming up. You can go and write us a report like our friend Jerry here. Uh, But let's dive into NXT. Again, I don't know how long this podcast is going to go for because I don't know if I can actually talk for an hour and make it entertaining. So far, probably not very, but maybe. Maybe you're sticking with me. If you're sticking with me, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, This is uh, me all by myself, and I'm very sad, and I don't like it. But... We have to pull through, so that way next week Brian Brian has a, a rousing return like uh, 2002 Triple H when he came back, or John Cena at the Royal Rumble that one year. Remember that? Or CM Punk after he won the title, and then he raises the title just a little bit higher than John Cena. That's the kind of ovation we need to give, we need to, give to Brian when Brian comes back from leave. So let's get into NXT. Uh, we had NXT opening match, which was Connor and Victor, uh, the Ascension, Against two local guys, I actually had to look up who they were. Their names were Johnny Vandal and Aaron Solo. Did you know that? I didn't. Again, I had to look it up. Uh, I don't get the Ascension still. And I wish Brian was here to uh, back me up on that. Because it doesn't... I don't know. They just kind of, like, are there. That's all they are to me at this point. Uh, These are guys that I feel like you're going to call up to the main roster. And the crowd's going to be kind of into for a little while. But when they're not dominating people, the allure of this team kind of goes away. I think the allure of this team is that, like, they dominate, and then they move on, and then they dominate, and they move on. Maybe in, like, an actual match, they'll be interesting, but uh, haven't really seen that. Uh, And it's kind of weird that they've been down in NXT for so long, right? I mean, NXT is just kind of like the training ground before you get called up into WWE, aren't they kind of hurting for tag teams right now? Who do you have? Rybaxel, Stardust Goldust, I guess Kofi and Big E, uh, the Usos, the Wyatts. I mean, five teams. Oh, uh, Heath Slater and um, and Titus O'Neil, Slater Gator, if you want to count that. I guess you can count that. Anyway, Connor Victor won that match. And then we come back to Tyler Breeze against Mojo Rowley. Uh, Tyler Breeze, who... Uh, 
is finally healed. He wants to make sure that his finger is okay from his hand modeling accident. He's going to take on Mojo Rally. I hate Mojo Rally. Mojo Rally catches the beauty shot very early on in this match. Thank God. Uh, and it's over very quickly. Uh, just keep just keep doing that. Just keep getting him beat. Please. Please. Next, we have the title match of Summer Rae versus Charlotte for the NXT Women's title. This match, uh, I don't think I was that into. I don't think the crowd was that into. It was kind of this weird middle ground where it was like... I, that match just didn't feel like it belonged on this show. It felt like it was bigger than this show. And then the match actually happened, and you realized it wasn't bigger than this show, so maybe it did fit. It just didn't work. I don't think that's the fault of Charlotte. I uh, I don't want to say it's the fault of anyone, really. But uh, from what I understood, this was like kind of the one of like the last things of the last, like, taping segments because they tape like I think three or four shows of NXT at a time so that way it's like oh you have all your talent here okay well we'll just get everyone together for like four or five hours and tape like four shows I know that's crazy but that's what they do so you're probably a little burned out by that fourth show you know what I mean you're burned out by the fourth show here comes this match it's maybe not exactly the barn burner that you're expecting it's a little slower and uh yeah, the crowd just wasn't into it. I think they chanted boring at one point, and I don't think that's fair. I don't think it was a boring match. Uh, I think the pacing was a little funny, but it just just wasn't great. That's it. It just wasn't great. And that kind of pains me to say because I really, really like the women's division a lot, especially in NXT. Charlotte wins that match. She hits bow down to the queen. Uh, she looked a little bummed about the crowd response. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else noticed that. She didn't look so thrilled about... Um, the chance or the uh, kind of people not paying attention. Uh, after this match, we got the uh, Simon Gotch and Aiden English against Kalisto and his mystery partner. Who is it? Oh, it's Sin Cara. I told you it was fucking Sin Cara. I told you. What did I say? You sat there and you listened to me and you said no. Brian, sitting at home. He's not really sitting at home. But Brian. It's, of course it's Sin Cara. You put the guy with the mask with the guy with the mask. That's it. And that, that's what you do. Uh, I actually like this match a lot. It was really interesting. It had some cool back and forth stuff. Uh, I always, always, always want Kalisto to have more offense. Uh, I think when he gets hot, he's like Rey Mysterio, where he's flipping and flying and doing all sorts of stuff that you've never really seen before. And Kalisto does a great job of that. He never gets enough offense. But again, he's new. He, I get it. He's, he's a new guy in the mix. But... The more I see of him, I think I like him more. The crowd really likes him more. It's exciting. The end of the match came uh, when Kalisto hit a uh, standing acai DDT or standing slice bread number two. I'm trying to think who else used it. Uh, what was it called in, in the SmackDown games? Shirin, Shirin, Shirinoi or something? Shirin, yeah, Shinoroi something. Uh, it was a standing, it's a reverse DDT where he does a full rotation flip into the sit-down DDT, and it looked really good, and uh, he did it on, I think it was Gotch, and that looked really, really good, that looked really nice, uh, we have Rusev and Lana, they come out, and they're cutting promos about how uh, America sucks and Russia uh, rules, I know, real groundbreaking stuff, real different, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna show you how America has heroes who fail, and then Adrian Neville comes out, who is not American, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was when I was watching this, it was it was just cracking me up. I get it. I understand, but uh they're cutting like but yeah, get out of here. We're Russian and America sucks and then you have a like uh, you have a British guy come out. I don't know. I just think it's funny. I think it's funny personally. Anyway, this match has like some nice back and forth. I actually really like this match. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, I was curious about how they were going to end it because I knew that they wanted to keep Rusev strong because he's a WWE superstar. You have to keep this stuff in mind when you watch. Uh, don't don't just accept the match as, here is the match. This is it. Understand that people have spots and you have to be strong if you're like a higher level guy than the other person you're facing. But if the other person you're facing is still like a high level guy, everyone has to come out looking strong. So the whole time this match is going, I'm thinking of scenarios of how can Rusev lose 
and look good against Neville? Or how can Neville get cheated out of a win very blatantly and have Rusev beat him? And the latter happened. Uh, Tyler Breeze came out to interfere. Adrian Neville stops him. Then Rusev hits a splash on the ropes. Neville lands on his feet. He kicks Rusev in the corner. Neville goes to the top rope for the red arrow as Rusev is down and the crowd's like really into it. And then you just have Tyler Breeze go push and that's it. So technically Adrian Neville wins by disqualification. So it's just a finish that doesn't mean anything to either guy. But you have Rusev go attack the champion Adrian Neville and put him in the accolade to end the show. That's it. That's it. And, and I thought that was booked really well. I thought so, at least. Um, maybe you disagreed. Email us. Go home show at mega64.com. I'm always curious about what people think about that kind of stuff. I always try to think in terms of you have to think about who's booking what, how, and where everyone kind of sits on the card. Uh, when you start looking at that in that terms, you understand the wins and losses a little bit more. And then when you start looking at it in those terms— uh, you start getting mad about wins and losses more because you just go, why would you push this guy right here? There you go. Uh, let's roll into Raw. Raw is coming from Houston, Texas. John Cena comes out and cuts a promo that kind of sounds the same as all of his other promos where he's like, I got ears. I know what you're saying. I know you're saying. I know you're saying that all you guys hate me, but uh, some people like me. It was a lot of that. Until Paul Heyman came down and Paul Heyman cut a really like visceral promo about how Lesnar will victimize John Cena. Then John Cena came back and cut a really good promo. Like, damn, that was awesome. He kept talking about how, like, oh, yeah, you can beat me down. Yeah, I know I'm going to get my ass kicked, but I'll keep kicking out it too. Heyman says that Lesnar's going to keep coming at him, and, and Cena just keeps coming back and says that Lesnar doesn't have any passion. He's a hired gun, and, and I think that's an interesting point. I think that's a good angle to take. He's a hired gun who just comes in to destroy, and that's it. And then Cesaro comes out. What? Paul Heyman looked confused, too, which I really liked. Cesaro says that uh, even though he and Heyman are not together, uh, he cannot let John Cena talk about his friend that way. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was so good. You can't talk about my friend like that. And then Cesaro cuts, like, a decent promo about how uh, John Cena has Kmart shoes and they're sneakers that you can't wrestle in, but he remembers that John Cena can't wrestle. John Cena's, like, pissed at this point and goes, like, let's have a match. We're going to have a match right now. John Cena tries to wrestle at the beginning. It's a little sloppy, and the, the word that I would use to describe it is boxy. It just seems, like, stiff, kind of like, okay, I'm going to do a headlock takeover, and then I'm going to do this, and then here's a bulldog. It, it just seemed like John Cena wrestling to show that he can and I get that that's what you're supposed to do there because then the crowd, the then the, the announcers put over like, look, he's wrestling him. Wow, incredible. I just thought it looked a little forced. Um, Cesaro has such good matches with John Cena. Jesus Christ. That's the opening match of this, and I feel like that could have been a main event at any kind of like mid-card pay-per-view. That could have been the main event at Battleground, honestly. I thought it was that good. I really thought this match had like a lot going for it. The AA where Cesaro lands on his feet and then those boots back and forth to like the face where John Cena blocks the first one and then he comes back and gives Cesaro a boot and then Cesaro hits Cena with a boot. I thought that was awesome. Cesaro hitting that, uh, the big uh, Swiss death, the very European uppercut, awesome. Going for the neutralizer where Cena like lands and flips on his feet. Holy shit. There's so many cool spots. But then Cena hits the attitude adjustment off the top rope to Cesaro. That makes Cesaro look so strong. I don't know if people realize that. Man, that makes Cesaro look so fucking strong. To have to do a top rope attitude adjustment because he kept wiggling out of the last ones. Great, 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 great. Awesome. Very, very cool match. What a way to open Raw. I love wrestling. I love professional wrestling, and what you got in that match was professional wrestling. That moved from John Cena of like, I'm doing headlocks and I'm doing wrist locks to I'm straight fucking brawling. I thought that was great. I thought it was brilliant. So I really, really enjoyed that. Next, you have some backstage stuff where uh, Randy Orton comes in and says, I got a, I, well, I thought you were going to put me in the main event. I got a problem with Kane because he has a match with Reigns tonight and I got a problem with you. And then that's kind of like, okay, goodbye. I don't care. Goodbye. 
Uh, next segment is AJ Lee and uh, Paige. Paige says, I'm young. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have attacked you. Whoopsie daisy. AJ says she doesn't play little girl games, and then they fight to shit. AJ gets called crazy, and then AJ beats the shit out of Paige. I thought that was cool. Um, I'm really excited for their match. I, I think their match at SummerSlam is going to be like balls out. Like, go, 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 go. I really I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, Paige keeps screaming that they should be friends still. Why have we not moved on from that? I like That should have been her, like, last week should have been like her tipping point going like, there are no friends here. I have no friends here. Uh, you're in my crosshairs. You're my enemy. That should have been it. That's it. I don't know. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie are in the ring now. Uh, they talk about how Stephanie was arrested. They've uh, they just kind of keep harping on that and how uh, Stephanie is kind of like sad in the ring. And I thought that was pretty good. And then uh, she asks Bree to come out and she wants to settle this. And out comes Chris Jericho. And I had like flashbacks of the early two thousands. I just wanted to uh, have Jericho. Uh, call her a uh, bottom-feeding, filthy, disgusting trash bag hoe. And he did! And it was great. Uh, I thought the promo was okay. Uh, I didn't love it, but I thought it was pretty good. I just wanted him to say, like, the old catchphrases and move on. Triple H says Chris Jericho should worry about Bray Wyatt. Jericho says that uh, that's the real reason he's out there. He wants him tonight, but Triple H says that he can face him at SummerSlam. Then Triple H says Jericho has someone else tonight. He's going to face Seth Rollins. Damn, that's pretty cool. I think that match is going to be pretty good. And guess what it was? It was pretty good. I liked it a lot, honestly. Uh, I thought everything about that match was really cool. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, next, you have The Miz and Rybaxel against Dolph Ziggler and the Usos. Did Rybaxel get an entrance? Uh, I don't think they did. So that, to me, was like, oh, okay, well, they're losing. The, the Miz got his entrance, which I really like. Fuck, I hate his song, though. I God, I hate his song. It's so bad. Uh, but I do like his entrance now. His all white and everything, like Johnny Cage sunglasses type thing. Love it. But that gimmick you can put on anyone, and I would love it. It's not like The Miz does anything special with it. It's just he wears white and he wears sunglasses. And, like, I guess the special thing that he does is that he has an innate ability to hide his face really, really well. Uh, because he does hide his face really, really well. Every time something gets near it, it's like, oh, damn, I didn't think you could move that fast. And he can. Uh, I thought this match was pretty good. Back and forth, back and forth. Um... This is this is interesting because I feel like Dolph Ziggler is kind of turning a point where he's not the one getting the shit kicked out of him, where he's the one selling so big all the time now. Um, he still has a little bit of that. He still sells really well for people, but he has more offense and less defense. Wow, amazing how you can do that and make someone look strong. Uh, he really has turned up that offense, and uh, he has his nice like little sections where... To splash into the neck breaker, the elbow drops. He, he has his like little sequences that all big guys have. Daniel Bryan has the run to the corner backflip, uh, duck under clothesline uh, into his own clothesline. Uh, CM Punk has the one that ends in the the clothesline miss into the the run or the uh, the neck breaker. John Cena has his five moves. You know what I mean? It's it's that kind of stuff that you look for in bigger guys right now. So it's interesting to see that from him. Uh, we go to commercial and we come back. The Miz is in control. Biggie, Kofi, and uh, Xavier Woods are now at ringside watching. I think they're watching the Usos, I assume, because uh, now you have Biggie and Kofi who are probably going to be in the tag team title hunt, which I'm into. Uh, anything to get those guys on screen. Uh, I saw Biggie Langston at Comic Con. Uh, he's fucking big. That guy is huge. He's not super tall. He's not. He's just wide. He's just a like a big, like size of a door frame type guy. Huge, 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 huge dude. Some people were filming some stuff with him. Seemed like a cool dude. Uh, looked like he was dressed like The Rock from 98, 99. Uh, weird shirts. Way to go, man. There's a nice section where Dolph Ziggler gets a lot of offense on Ryback here, and uh, everyone goes nuts for it. Uh, he makes the cover, and it looks like it's going to be the win, and then The Miz breaks it up, and the crowd is, like, nuts. They just want, oh, man, they want Ziggler, they want Ziggler to go over so bad. Ryback catches Ziggler and goes for like a power bomb and then kind of goes for like shell shot. I think he just kind of like gets him into like this position and Ziggler hops off his back, hits the zigzag and wins. Dolph Ziggler wins. Holy shit. Can you believe it? I'm very happy. 
Uh, next, there's a little segment backstage uh, that, or there's a little segment that says Stephanie and Bray are going to hash things out later. And then we go to commercial, we come back. R-Truth and Bo Dallas. Uh, Bo Dallas comes out, cuts a promo on R-Truth saying like, you can never be undefeated like me. You've lost a lot of matches. And then uh, R-Truth beats Bo Dallas. I know. I'm going to let that sink in. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to let it sink in. Bo Dallas lost. He's no longer 18 and Bo. He lost. I know. I understand. I'm I'm sad too. But what happened post-match was great. Bo Dallas grabbed a mic and said, I can't believe it, and then beat the shit out of R-Truth and hit a different finisher. He didn't hit the running Bo Dog. He hit that uh, future, the Future Shock double arm DDT that Drew McIntyre used to use. Cool. It's a different side of Bo Dallas. You can't, you can't keep him undefeated for that long and expect him to go anywhere on the card because he's only beating low-card guys. Now he can be put into other matches, and you don't know if he's going to win or lose, so now you have a little more excitement with his matches. I love Bo Dallas. I'm excited to see where he goes from here. There you go. Rusev's in the ring during the commercial break. We come back. Lana gets on the mic and trashes America. Uh, she says America has a horrible leader, and it's Obama. And then uh, uh, who cares? Zeb Coulter comes out, and he talks about how Swagger is going to take out the trash, and he says the flag means uh, most to him and the troops and uh, rock flag and eagle. That's pretty much what it was. Uh, Rusev and Swagger get into it. Swagger attacks Rusev. They fight. Uh, Swagger gets uh, taken down. Looks like the accolade's going to get put on, but then Swagger picks the ankle, and there's a lot of back-and-forth fighting, and uh, Rusev gets knocked out, gets knocked to the outside of the ring and runs away. I thought it was really, really cool. I thought it was a really good segment where the crowd is red-hot for the USA stuff. I'm excited to see what they do at SummerSlam. I assume that Rusev goes over. I would think, right? Because, uh... There's not much more tread on these tires with this feud. I guess you can continue it a little bit longer, but this is going to be like the big match because it's SummerSlam. Now, we'll see. We'll see. I just assume that Rusev is going to be the one to pick up the win. Next, we get Damian Sandow coming out in an astronaut costume and saying, Houston, we have a problem. And then Adam Rose comes out and just hits like the party foul, and that's the win. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I don't fucking care. I'm so, I just want Damian Sandow to do something, and this isn't something. So, whatever. I <laughs> Roman Reigns versus Kane is next. Uh, we're told that Dean Ambrose isn't there, but he's going to fight Del Rio on main event, which uh, everyone should tune into. Uh, I watched it. Not a bad match. Pretty cool. It was on earlier. Kane versus Roman Reigns. Kane comes out, then Roman Reigns comes out, and then Roman Reigns gets attacked in the stands by uh, Randy Orton. Where the fuck did he come from? Uh, they make their way into the ring. Kane choke slams Roman Reigns, and then Orton is left to pick up the scraps. He just beats the shit out of Roman Reigns, RKO's him twice through a table, once onto a table, and once through a table. Um, it made Randy Orton look good. It made Roman Reigns look like it took two guys to beat him. So it's fine. It is good. I hate Roman Reigns' uh, outfit. I don't like his gear at all. I think, that, think it looks so weird. Like, the trim on it and everything looks so bizarre. Whatever. Next, we get Fondango against Diego with Summer Rae and Layla and Torito. Uh, not much in this match. It's just more continuing the Fondango Summer Rae, Layla thing. Uh, Fondango goes to the top rope. Torito distracts him. Fondango gets down and then gets rolled up for a three by Diego. Sorry. Sorry, Fondango. Maybe you'll get a gimmick change eventually. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Stephanie's backstage and talks to Nikki. Stephanie's looking for Brie, and Nikki says that she'll be there, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just more of the backstage stuff. We're just playing towards that final segment, which was like the main event type thing, right? That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Holy shit. I thought that was pretty, like, the fact that Brie and Stephanie are so, like, that feud is, like, so hot right now, and they keep calling each other bitch, <laughs> uh, and, it's, and it's the thing that closes out the show, that's really cool. It's different. I'm all for different, so uh, good for them. Next, we get uh, Stardust and Goldust backstage trying to find the Cosmic Key. I assume the Cosmic Key are the tag team titles. I don't know, but I guess that's what they're probably getting at. We have Cameron and Alicia Fox against Natalia and Naomi. Um, this match was okay. I, I didn't love it. It was a little kind of like, oh, yeah, let's see what they can do. I, I think I think in a non-tag situation, I would like this more, but whatever. Uh 
Cameron wins. He makes Naomi tap out to like a leg scissors type maneuver. Uh, so Naomi and Natalia win again. I didn't think this was a great match. I thought it was okay, but I'm not gonna knock it. I think it's uh, I think it's nice. I think it's a uh, it's good to get time any way you can on Raw. Uh, next, we go to the main event match, which is Chris Jericho and Seth Rollins. Damn, these guys just go for it, huh? Uh, I really like this match a lot. Uh, watching Rollins go against Jericho made Jericho look younger and uh, made Rollins just kind of more methodical. Uh, he hit a lot of his moves. Uh, there's a stalling suplex. There's that STO in the corner turnbuckle. Uh, a lot of kind of like near fall parts where you don't think it's going to be like the end, but I don't know. It, it's nice. There are a lot of cool moves, a lot of big spots. The crowd's really into it. That backdrop off the top rope, that cross body. Um, and then Seth Rollins going for the curb stomp. Jericho moving, hits like the walls of Jericho, getting to the ropes. The crowd's so into it. And getting to the ropes and then hitting that kick and going for that springboard, I guess, knee, I think is what he's going for. And gets uh, Rollins gets caught in the code breaker. Lights go out. Bray Wyatt, the Wyatt family, attack, attack Chris Jericho. That's it. Uh, they stand over a fallen Chris Jericho. Uh, I love watching Sister Abigail. I think that Bray Wyatt hits that so clean and so fast. It's like really, 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 really awesome. I think it looks great. Um, Eric Rowan will face Chris Jericho on SmackDown, in case you didn't know. That's something you're probably going to want to tune into cause, just because it's going to continue everything. And also, I think it'll probably be a pretty decent match. I'm curious to see where Jericho takes it because you know he's going to be calling it. Eric Rowan's not. So I'm curious to see what they can kind of do. Next is your main event segment, uh, which is Stephanie McMahon coming down to the ring. Have She has Brie come down, and Brie says, or Stephanie says, please drop the charges. Brie says, only if you meet my demands. Uh, Stephanie is, like, kind of chuckling. Oh, yeah, no, okay. And then uh, Brie goes to leave, and then she's like, no, okay, what do you want? Oh, give me my job back. And then it's more Stephanie going, like, oh, I think one bell is enough. Huh? And then Brie goes to leave, and she's like, no, no okay, fine, you can have my job. You can have your job back. And then Bree says, I also want to match at SummerSlam. And Stephanie says, fine, who do you want your match against? And then Bree says, you. And the crowd goes wild. And then uh, Stephanie slaps her and then says that she's going to make you, Bree, I'm going to make you my bitch. And that's how Raw ends. How about it? It's interesting, right? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought Raw on a whole was decent. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Uh, I just, I liked it. I liked it. Um, hopefully you guys did too. Uh, let's take, oh man, geez. Okay. I'm getting on towards time, but that's okay. Uh, let's take a couple of emails, see what people had to say. We actually got, okay. Simple question. This is anonymous on Tumblr. Simple question. Who's, who's the face in the Cena Lesnar match? Uh, Cena. I think it's supposed to be Cena. Of course it's supposed to be Cena, but uh, faces and heels are kind of a gray area type thing now. Um, oh, well. I mean, that's just the way it kind of goes. Uh, another question, anonymous on Tumblr. You guys can hit us up on Tumblr, thegohomeshow.tumblr.com. My little brother is eight years old, and he loves wrestling since he was born. He and I watched Bo Dallas's career since he was Bo Rotundo. Wow. My brother was so devastated when Bo lost to R-Truth. He kept saying, he kept asking why the streak was wasted on R-Truth. Because you have to have it, you have to have someone break it. There's not a good person to break a streak. You know what I mean? Because if, so okay, who do you want to break it? John Cena? Okay, then he's not on John Cena's level. But if you have R-Truth break it in that roll-up fashion, and then Bo Dallas goes and just beats the shit out of him after the match, it makes everyone look strong. It makes everyone look strong. It, like, it, that's what you have to think about. That's what it is. It makes uh, Bo Dallas look like, oh man, he got... He got one pull. He got the wool pulled over his eyes. That was a that was a good one. But then he's pissed and he beats the shit out of the guy who beat him. There you go. Uh, this next one's from Anton Sugar. Hey, guys, this is on Tumblr again. Hey guys, I'm listening through the backlog of episodes, loving it, and wanted to say a couple of things. Sorry if these have already been asked. First, what do you guys think of Botchamania? I think it swings between mean spirit and genuinely clever and fascinating. And I wanted to complain that we don't get the WWE Network in Canada. I want it so bad. Really? I thought you did get it in Canada. That's really weird. They should open it in Canada. Why the fuck they, don't they? Botchamania, I think me and Brian have talked about. Not a big fan. I don't like bad wrestling. Um, it's, I think the Everybody Talks Too Much segments are really cool. But everything else are, is kind of like, 
yeah, mean spirited a little bit. So I don't know. Uh, this next one is from I think Alice. In regards to your question in the previous episode, how do non-Americans feel about real Americans being faces, being English? Uh, she's English. She's saying being English. I feel like me liking the real Americans is more like in spite of them being American. Wow, thanks. Obviously, I'm not rooting for the Russians, but I don't feel that huge pride for the Americans either as as all I can think of is how their gimmick is being racist and conservative. I agree. I do root for them, but it's like I like Jack Swagger as a wrestler in spite of his gimmick. I don't get the whole USA, USA chanting. I love the real Americans as heels because Zeb Coulter is so great and hilarious, but it makes me feel strange rooting for them as good guys. I can definitely see that. Uh, Another one, Anonymous, says, I may not be from the UK, but I understand the whole America versus Russia thing. Being Australian, we get very patriotic as well. Uh, And it would be the same situation if you had a very proud British wrestler against Jack Swagger. It's just country rivalry, and it's only understandable if you're in the same country of origin as that wrestler. So basically, it's just one big inside joke. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, uh, that's, you're really, you're right. You're definitely right. Um, It's just so funny when you see stuff like, oh yeah, this, this American is going for it. And it's like, I just think of people who aren't American and what they think. It just has to be so weird seeing like red, white, and blue. Okay, cheer this guy. And you're like, I, it's not where, I don't give a shit about red, white, and blue. I'm not cheering anyone like that. I don't, no, thank you. Uh, let's go one more. This is, uh, this is from Nicholas V. Nicholas says, Hey guys, I talked with Eric at RTX. Oh, Nicholas, I remember you. I talked to Eric at RTX about how your podcast got me into wrestling and what we thought about Dean Ambrose's future. And I decided it was time to write in. Hell yeah. Nick wrote in about Raw and his thoughts on Raw. Very brief. I like this. Raw. Heyman keeps getting better and better. Cena versus Cesaro. Is Cena trying new wrestling moves? Cesaro landing off the AA was cool. Good match. I liked when they switched up the AA and did it off the top turnbuckle. I agree. Paige is getting better on the mic. I like her as a heel. I agree. Uh, Uso versus the Usos and Ziggler against Ryback, Axel, and Miz. The Miz's ability to dodge anything coming near his face is great. You're absolutely right. I absolutely agree with you. R-Truth versus Bo Dallas. R-Truth wins. Bo looked like he was going to cry before he decided to beat uh, beat up R-Truth. He is so good at playing that character. I absolutely agree. And that's why Bo Dallas is interesting still. Because he can make that character work and he has that mean streak now. Very cool. Adam Rose against Damian Sandow. Is Sandow going to wrestle in that spacesuit? Well, at least this wasn't a Sonic commercial. <laughs> that's why I love when you guys write emails. That's so good. Kane versus Roman Reigns. I'm not sure what they changed about Roman's ring gear, but it's fucking ugly. I absolutely agree. And it's piping. It's like uh, accent around everything. It looks awful. It looks like he's wearing Jenko jeans. Uh, Randy Orton acting all crazy and yelling at the crowd is so much fun. I absolutely agree. I wish he would do it more. Yes, I really do wish he would do it more. Him getting nuts and yelling at the crowd and going like spooky crazy Randy Orton is so much fun to watch. Uh, Jericho versus Seth Rollins. Did Rollins bite Jericho's forehead? Both look great in this match with lots of back and forth moves. When the Wyatts interrupted, I realized that almost every singles match in this Raw was interrupted or ended early for some reason. That's a good point. That's kind of what happened. Uh, To wrap things up, I have a question. Which SummerSlam match are you most excited for? Thanks for reading my email. Keep up the great work. What SummerSlam match am I most excited for? Um, I really don't think I'm excited for any of the SummerSlam matches. Uh, I know that they're all going to be good, but there's not one that I look at like, holy shit, man, I really got to see that one. Uh... I think once we actually get closer to SummerSlam, we'll start looking at like who's doing what and who's hot and who's not and what's next. And I, for me, it's not the matches at SummerSlam that are going to be the big draw. It's going to be like who is going to be moving up the card, who's going to be moving down the card, where does everything lie after SummerSlam? Because everything's been a push to SummerSlam. So where do you push after SummerSlam? That's what I'm excited to see. Well, guys, uh, we did it, me and you. Uh, you stuck through it. If you listen to the whole thing, I'm really sorry that I did this by myself. It might have been a little scatterbrained. Generally, with Brian here, we stay on track. We can talk. We can vamp. We can get a little crazy. Uh, it's really hard by yourself to talk for a straight hour. Try it. It's not fun. I'm going to go home and just not talk for about an hour. Uh, next week, I hopefully 
fingers crossed, guys, Brian will be back. We'll get back to a regularly scheduled program. Uh, maybe we'll get some guest hosts on soon uh, just to talk about some wrestling and everything. This was just all really short notice stuff. Uh, everyone else was tied up, so it was just me, myself, and I. No one's at the Mega64 studio. But we would like to thank Mega64 for hosting our file. If you guys want to get a hold of us, as always, you can email us, gohomeshow at mega64.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at gohomeshow, on Tumblr, thegohomeshow.tumblr.com. Also on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegohomeshow. Uh, if you guys want to check us out on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash ericbedore. You can listen to uh, all the backlog of episodes and everything every week. We always have them there. I always want them to be up for you guys to stream It's very easy for you guys to stream, and I don't mind getting into discussion. Sometimes you guys have some comments on there. Always want to hear from you guys, so always want to see those comments on there. Um, Other than that, I think that's – I think we did it, guys. Oh, go to iTunes. Leave us a a rating. Give us five stars and say, wow, really like when Eric and Brian talk together, and then, like, leave kind of like a a smarmy face, like, "Mm," like 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 a smarmy emoji. But they probably don't take emojis, so find a smarmy emoticon and leave that. But in the meantime, until we uh, get back together next week, guys, how about we all go home?